Yo. 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 Damn, Kenny. 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 Why does always happens every time we got a Houston, Houston, Houston guest in the building? Man. Welcome. Welcome to Elm Street. Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Welcome to Elm Street. I'm your boy, I'm your host, Money Elms, man. What is good out there, man? Like I said, I always like to start off the show by thanking all the viewers, because, you know, without y'all, we ain't nobody. So, uh, salute to y'all, you know, for uh, the constant support, the likes, the views, everything, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Salute to all of y'all, man. So, uh, you know, we're always on hell mode out here in Dallas, you know, during the summer. So just trying to make it through this unbearable heat wave that we got going on here. But, uh, you know, we'll get past this uh, heat wave. And next, you know, we're complaining about how cold it is. So, um, but yeah, man, today we got a we got a great show, man. We actually got a Houston takeover edition today, man. And uh, I'm excited about this one. It's been a long time in the making, and then it's finally here, man. So let me uh, go ahead and introduce my guest today, man. I got the one and only Chingo Bling, man. What's up, Brick Dog? Hey, we finally got it done, bro. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time, you know, let the, the stars align, and, you know, it's going to yeah, go yeah. down. And, you know, hey, we fresh off a road trip, man. We're in town. Y'all already know we got five shows this weekend. That's why you don't see the sombrero on the botas right now. The, I had to take the grill out, man. I'm, a, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, yeah. Comedy tour mode, bro. Already, already. Yeah, 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 man. We got a good show today, man. Um, we're gonna go into all that, uh, the whole Chingo Bling career, you know, down to uh, the transition of uh, from rapper to comedy, you know, all that shit. And uh, but yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just glad you, you're here today, man. And uh, how was the road trip? Uh, good man we're bumping some uh some unreleased music because um you know i still got one foot well i got one foot in every game bro you okay, know yeah. by the time the mile season come around you might hey it might be a new masa new mixtape it might be all kind of stuff yeah yeah but um yeah so uh you know we, we we're coming into uh the training cap season right now with the nfl I don't know if you're a, you're a sports fan or not man Matteo juventino is the number one cowboys fan bro shout out to Matteo, bro Already, Ese güey puro, hey, que el de Juan Prescott, carnal, y que nos hicieron cheat, y, you know, he, of course, he got some, he got some candles from Raymond Orta, so he be lighting the booster oh, candle, you know, Raymond got them little booster candles, he said the main Cowboys candle don't work, it's because you ain't put the booster on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, so I'm, I'm excited every time the, you know, they mention the boys, you know, I'm excited, but hey, I'm not one of those fans that, uh, that always says, ah, here we come, Super Bowl, here we come. Nah, man. You know, we might be looking good on paper, but it's not until I see them in action that I'm like, all right, cool. It's, it might be a, an okay season, a great season, but, you know, I, I don't know why, you know, some of uh, some of us fans always uh, gravitate to that, uh, here we go, Super Bowl, here we come. Yeah. I mean, you know. You know. You know, they, people love you when you're winning, man. So oh, yeah. that's why the Cowboys know, like, hey, the only way around it is to win. People don't want to hear no coulda, shouldas, no excuses. People don't even barely give a damn about second and third place. Yeah. 
but you're you're a Houston fan, man. The, I was really a fan of the Oilers, bro. The Oilers. I was able to los nombraba todos, like que el Bubba McDowell, Chris Dishman, todos, like Warren Moon before he got into all that controversy, you know. So you're a Titans fan now that you know. See, no, I didn't. No, just because my team, just because my whole squad, yeah, you know, had gone to. So you're not like a like a Raider fan. E. E. They follow. Hey. They got a hell of a, fa a fan base. Oh, and you yeah. know who else, man? Them 49er fans, bro. Do not, because. The comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Te arrastra. I'm like, damn. Se agarran a putazos de puro hammer fist. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple of uh, Raider fans in the family, so, you know, better take it easy before, uh, yeah, they don't answer the phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, what But you know what? I saw the Raiders play. Uh, the Houston Texans in Mexico City at oh, wow. uh, Azteca Stadium, mm -hmm. eating ramen noodles in the stands, bro. Uh, that's when they were shining the lasers and the quarter. They were trying to blind the quarterbacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, they were trying to sabotage everything. Was it ramen noodles or maruchan? Si, maruchan. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, hopefully it's a good season. You know, good luck to. All y'all's teams, man, but uh, hopefully the Cowboys uh, will do something this year. Not saying Super Bowl, but we'll, we'll do Just something. A little something, something. A little yeah. something. Little bronze medal, a little silver. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully Jerry Jones kind of ducks off somewhere in the in the locker room Hopefully or Drake don't show up in none of the games, mm -hmm. distracting people, man. <laughs> Throwing off the mojo. Yeah, yeah. But see, man... Um, so we're gonna go jump in these uh these trending topics, see what's popping out in the streets. So uh one thing that's uh kind of been surfacing right now and uh you know it's it's I've seen it all over the social media about this uh that new movie, Sounds of Freedom. Oh yeah, yeah. So um what what's your take on it? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. You okay. know, I've only seen the the trailers and you know, read read a little bit about it, about the film and you know what's about, you know, um my opinion on it is, you know, you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, they're raising awareness about the situation, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, any time there's, you know, uh, how, can, how can I put it, like any issues that involve kids, and I should, you know, just rose me the wrong way, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, I just I don't like it because you know we're supposed to be looking out for our kids. Yeah, you know they. They don't, they can't protect themselves. So it's up to us to be their protectors. You know what I mean? To, you know, be like, hey, you know, stay away Basically, from bro, this. we're trying to see if you like for the death penalty when they, when I'm talking about, they catch these people, bro. That's really. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hold on, bro. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> He's like, well, what happened here? Nah, well, shit, man. Me? Uh, yeah. Throw them, you know, death penalty, bro. You know what I mean? Okay. You, okay. you fucking with these kids, man. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I got kids. You know, I got a little one, five years old. So, you know, I could just, you know, I would go into this rage, bro, if I knew somebody yeah. was yeah, messing with my kid like yeah. that. You yeah, know? you don't even want to think about that. Exactly. Uh, I saw the movie, man. It was uh, it was powerful. It was powerful. Um, first of all, I hadn't really been to a movie theater in a long ass time because mm -hmm. everything was shut down and that just wasn't a thing. So it was kind of just interesting kind of getting back into the groove. But yeah, I recommend people check it out for themselves and, and you know, they do a good job of letting you know statistics of like, it's a way bigger problem than what the media portrays because sometimes people think that the news and the media like, 
oh, they're informing us and they're letting us know what's important. That way we can kind of know how mm. to navigate our lives. Like they're going to tell us just a little bit about everything. So we're up, up to date on the news. But what it is, it's like, well, it's a business. They got to sell ads. They got different type of advertisers. They got to pick and choose how they're going to format their product, like mm. format their show. And then they they prioritize, like, now nah, we ain't got time for that story or or don't release that until next week because we're going to be competing against this this shit going down like the um, like the UK. Every time, the oh, the princess or, you know, the queen. Or it's always something with the UK that it'll just take up the whole news cycle for a week. So hopefully people walk away kind of peeping game and seeing, like, just because it's not a priority to the mm. people that's in charge don't mean it, is, it ain't really a thing or or that it's not really happening. So, yeah. Supposedly, you know, the powers that be was trying to stop this movie, this film from coming out. Um, I guess the story is like Disney had the rights to it when they had bought um, Fox. Mm -hmm. So when they uh, made it like a subsidiary, they bought it and... I guess one of the like searchlight Fox searchlight studios or somebody had like the rights to the project. So when they bought that asset, all the other little assets came to Disney. So for whatever reason, it just never really got put out through them. But uh, I, I have been seeing like a lot of like weird negative headlines. Like, okay, it's a movie. It's based on some true events. It's talking about an important thing. And then here come Rolling Stone. Like, this is just all conspiracy and you gotta be QAnon yeah. to watch this movie. Alex Jones salió out of nowhere. Yeah, de repente, este güey se parece a Alex Jones. Like, they just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They throw a little... The, the, it's called a hit piece. Mm -hmm. So, man, they... We'll get into that, but they did a couple little hit pieces on me. Oh, real? Yeah. Oh, damn. They had me on there with, like, Lil Pump and, uh... Who was this other, uh... I think Tito Ortiz? I think it was Tito, Tito Ortiz. It was like, these spreading disinformation. Talking about El Virus came out of a lab. Everybody know it came from soup. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we think it came out that lab. It's like, no, you're getting kicked off of this and you got a strike here. We yeah. deleted that video. Wow. Man. I feel like Pancho Villa, bro. I was like, damn, bro. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a, I'm a revolutionary out here with the keyboard, bro. Yeah. No, nah, but I mean, <laughs> you, you, you gotta you gotta speak for you know what what you believe on, you know, mm -hmm. you know. I, to me, I'm you know whatever you know how, the council culture these days. Man, they doing Ice Cube bad right now, bro. They no lo bajan de ese güey es ese güey se cree Kanye or like yeah, yeah, the yeah. media just like he's not allowed on the View. He's not on. He's not allowed. They don't want to have him on Oprah. Yeah, like all these different shows that you would think like oh he's he's made such an impact. Hip-hop, he owns his basketball league, he's put out family movies, comedies, like he's a factor in American culture, and there's no reason why you should be blackballing, blacklisting this dude. And it's just because he had a couple questions and he was trying to get some shit done. He's basically like the big homie that we deserve, Not the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ain't the big homie motherfuckers want. They want a motherfucker that's young, flashy. Oh, he ain't got no face tats. So he he washed. You know what I mean? As soon yeah, as you yeah. hit 43. Oh, he washed. And uh, so, you know, it's unfortunate that that's kind of how it is sometimes. Like, you just step out of the lane. All of a sudden, you start getting attacked and they start trying to put a label on you. You know? 
No, hombre. Because I, I know I did see something about that, that the NBA was, was, like, yeah. it was coming but, you from. Know, it's because, I mean, that's like almost like economic competition. It's like, yeah. bro, come on, bro. We want to be the only ones doing some basketball shit. And here you go creating something in the summer and you go start, you know, eating up market share. Some people might buy your jerseys. There's only so much money people got for jerseys. Mm -hmm. And here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, wasn't it against a lot of monopolize? Uh, not not. I ain't no expert, bro. But like, I think it's not really like a a law. They could try to do like an antitrust thing. Like, hey, man, you know, Bill Gates, Microsoft, you got way too much shit popping in the computer world. But you know, there's different sides of that argument. Some people say that like. They just weaponize, they use that shit, like your competition or use that shit against you. Like, mm -hmm. hey man, I'm supposed to have more podcast listeners, bro. Like Elms, they doing their thing over there, man. Y'all got a monopoly. And it's like, what? You got, you got Wi-Fi like me. Yeah. You can create a YouTube account, you know, just like me. It's like, nah, man, you monopoly. And they start putting them lawyers on you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's funny what happens when uh, when you got money and, you know, I guess you could. Yeah, it's gangster know. shit. Look at yeah. the actors, bro. The actors on strike right now. Yep. Big Bang take Lil Bang. They trying to negotiate. Yeah, it was the writer strike, no? The writers and actors. They, yeah. They clicked up. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, we they just want the fair share of their, uh, the slice of their pie. You know, they, they, they still want to get a chunk of that pie they're getting. Like, ah, oh, no, you know, te cortamos un pedito más chiquito. See, wait. Y lo, lo único malo is that... um. Right now, you got artificial intelligence. They got all these tools to where they can kind of punk the actors. Be like, hey, man, I, look, man, I give you 20 racks and a sandwich, but I can scan you, and I'm going to put you my 18 films in the next five years. You know, where we just take your voice print. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so now there goes all your leverage. Yeah. It's like the music game, bro. Like, you know, when they switched everybody over to streaming... I come from like, bro, when I hopped in the game, it was like, you got Southwest Wholesale. I didn't really deal with Selecto hits, uh, I think out of Memphis. Southwest Wholesale started going out of business. They they were getting sued by like, I think Universal. And, but I was like a college radio DJ when I saw people pulling up to Southwest just getting checks. Everybody was getting budgets. They would, you know, they had pen and pixel next door. It was all these record labels. Some of the art you have, like, I mean, um, Paul won't come in there. I'm like 99% uh, sure Mr. Mad went through Southwest and probably moved 100,000 the first, whatever, a yeah. couple months. So that's really the era I'm from. So now it's an adjustment of like, okay, there's no more record stores. You know, ain't no CD. People don't really rock with CDs like that. The technology's changing. Um, I got known when file sharing started happening. Mm. So now people, people even, uh, uploading music to where I guess they trying to either either people confuse that it's you or they trying to come across that as you. Like I get I get blamed for songs and shit sometimes just because it's like oh it's kind of Mexican Mexican parody and at the time you know we was hitting them from all these angles. So thanks to file sharing that got me known in places I didn't even know I was ever going to even go to. Mm -hmm. So that was that was a huge blessing. You know. No doubt, man. And now it streams. Now it's like, 
you know, I don't even understand them equations, bro. It's like Tidal, uh, everybody, Spotify, they all got a different math. It seemed like just funny made up accounting. It adds up every month, but you'd be kind of wondering like, man, how many people really out there just streaming? Listening. No shit. It's a totally different bees than, you know, sound scan and shit. Yeah, I, I thought ringtones was going to be the thing like for a longer time than what it was. Yeah. I guess the iPhone killed that. But I was like, oh, yeah, this this it. We just got to make catchy ringtone type music. So so speaking <laughs> of, of AI, has anybody uh, came across, uh, made a song out of you? De repente. Man, me hicieron clone, wey. Uh, de repente me clonearon, carnal. You know, for all you know, hey, this, I might be a clone, man. For all you know. But nah, it's, it's probably some clones out there, man. Yeah. Like I was saying, even way back in the file sharing days, people were like, hey, man, don't you sing Mexican thong song? I'm like, no, man, I don't see no damn Mexican thong song. Yeah. You know. Uh, hey, man, didn't you do I'm in love with your sister? Like, no. Like, ain't you lean like a chola? No. You know. Yeah. Oh, some other shit. Man. Ain't you do uh, Paletero Man? That's low. Really? I'm like, it don't even sound like me. Everything about it is not. But it said, <laughs> you know, it's on YouTube. Somebody yeah. put your name. <clears throat> they typed your name in. When they up, uh, how could they get away with that? It's like, <laughs> you know. So I was going to ask you, because I, I remember uh, you had caught uh, some slack up for it, man, for the, <laughs> for the what do you call it? Make, a, make America Great. With the whole uh, Trump issue. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you for- Man, so I don't own the hat, man. <laughs> just because you voted for the man. Just because you vote Republican one time. Yeah. But you know what? I used to get triggered when I would see people with that hat. I remember one time I was literally performing at the Arlington Improv and um, my wife was with me. She was my, my girlfriend at the time. It was, I think, Mimi's Cafe in Arlington. And this uh, uh, couple comes in. I think they had a couple kids and shit. And the wife was wearing like one of the little merch hats. And at the time, my opinion had been assigned to me by the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Basically, I was told that's a racist ass statement. And it just basically it's against everything. It's causing division. And my so my thing is like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm telling my wife she could have wore any. I bet she got other hats. She did that shit on purpose because she know what it really mean. Like <laughs> I'm a mind reader. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? But now... I mean, now now I'm at the airport. I see people with the USA flag on the hat. And I like the, hey, man, I like that hat, bro. You know, yeah. just to kind of, you know, hey, we in the same terminal, Kenfo. Like, I'm a white belt in jujitsu. Something pop off. You already know who we keeping an eye on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> white belt, two stripes. Uh, but, I, you know, I think everybody, it's a touchy subject because everybody looks at all this stuff totally different. Some people look at, look at stuff. Like the current events and everything is like, bro, we are under attack. They using AI against us. Like we are literally under attack. Like they they weaponizing everything. They dividing us. The media ain't our friend. Like uh -huh. some people look at stuff a certain way. Other people look at it like, hey man, what you got against these people's rights? It don't it don't mind your business what these people got going on. This don't take away from your rights. And it's like, nah, dog, we just don't want. Grown men reading to these little books to these kids, and they've got some questionable shit in these sixth grade libraries, and they don't need to be knowing about that. And I think y'all doing it on purpose, matter of fact. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so it's just this back and forth, everybody at each other's throat. But at the end of the day, man, like, you know, I'm 43, I got three daughters, I pay taxes, I'm in the community. I, yeah, I used to rap. I don't like crime. 
Now I listen to these rap songs. I'm like, man, you fish telling out of what parking lot? <laughs> like, yeah. what county are they allowing this type of flim flam? Yeah. You know, hey, maybe I'm old. I look at stuff different. Um, when I was young, I was like borderline activist on some of this. They can't deport us all stuff because, mm. because I was upset because every four years, every time uh, elections came around, immigration got used as this political football and the different news stations start throwing dirt and the politicians are throwing dirt. And so from the outsider, from a son of immigrants, you know, my whole identity was like, you Mexican hyphen American. You Mexican-American, that's your roots, that's your blood, that's, you know what I mean? That's where your people from. And it sound like they picking on immigrants on that station. It sound like every four years, y'all trying to rile people up mm. and blame us for every goddamn thing. So guess what, bitch? They can't deport us all. I was like in my early 20s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got this record deal. I'm putting out an album through Asylum. And you should have seen their face when I'm like... Yeah, man, this is what I'm going to call it. Yeah, we're going to have billboards and, you know, the T-shirts is already popping. And, you know, I've been saying it to some raps and people fuck with it. And they're just like, oh, man, who did we sign? Like, this dude <laughs> trying to start some shit. Yeah. Like, he's just all in. And, of course, now, if you follow certain people that's really down there, at the, if you're really down in RGV, if you really got Primos in La Frontera, you got family in Reynosa, they like, bro, we got 15,000 Haitians right now in downtown. And people like, wait, but the news told me it's racist if we don't want 600 Venezuelans dropped off in the south side of Chicago and people starting to complain that they getting robbed by the Venezuelans. It's like, according to the media, you now are white supremacists. You ain't supposed to care about your community first. Like, you're not supposed to be Chicago first. Like, we've been here for generations. <clears throat> mm. So, it's a very nuanced type of subject. Um, it's interesting to me because I like peeping game, like the global part of it. Like, I really started paying more attention during the lockdowns where it's like, hold on, bro. They saying we can't go to church. They saying I can't go to work. I'm not essential. You know, if it, it's, they scaring us, but... Maybe they doing it for our own good. And mm. I wasn't well versed on like how important, like I, I had just taken my freedom for granted, bro. So now you telling me my tour is canceled. Like there's this music video we did. Um, it's called Bolis on My Wrist. It's like a cumbia. And we shot a music video because I was killing it on the road. We doing six, seven shows. They adding shows like momentum. Everybody's working. Nobody was paying attention to politics. It, the, it was it was during when uh, the orange one was in, trompitas. trompitas. So, I mean, shit was revving, bro. Gas was cheap. Yeah. It, it was buku eggs. It was so many eggs. We was egg, you know what I mean? It was it was the, every Easter, bro, we was just buying empty eggshells. Like, I don't give a fuck how much it costs. The kids want to play. Do they got confetti in them? You know what I mean? <laughs> Do they break? Yeah. So, I wasn't even tripping. I wasn't paying attention to politics. I was busy working. And then everything shuts down. And some people saying the virus came out of lab. And, and I know if we on YouTube, it, it depends. You, some shit you can't say. But I start peeping game like, bro, this might be a bioweapon. Like, mm. you know, this might have been sprinkled in the air on purpose. And why are some states shutting down? Some ain't. And then the division really, really starts. And and now you start paying attention to the board. And it's like, hold on, man. They, they forcing pilots and military and people at their job to get the, the medicine. Mm. But all these people coming through, they ain't checking them. It's almost like you a citizen, you take a back seat. You know what I mean? It's some people right now from other parts of the world. They, man, these man, these young fighting age Chinese males, you got to let me. 
don't don't dare check them for tuberculosis and <laughs> you know measles what are you some kind of a xenophobe racist yeah you know and it's like we just want to know who they with what they got who they down with what's in the backpack is that kid really yours maybe we should check the dna they're ripping the baby's arms out of their mothers uh, they're ripping the babies out they're separating families right now and they got them in the cages and i'm like damn but do they? And who built the cages? You know what I mean? So it's always like what the media tell you. And now the shit worse because now they said, uh, buddy, the one that Bernie, the one that's in right now, Brandon, he was like, yeah, surge the border. That's who we are. But if y'all don't pay attention to what's happening in Germany, France, UK, how, how these migrant caravans are being weaponized, bro. And it starts to really throw off your whole community when it's a whole bunch of people that don't even like your country and they don't even have the same goal, the same customs. And just pay attention to what's going on in France, Germany, and the UK. And that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think uh, of the giant bolas they're putting on the on the border? The giant what? The, those big giant balls. Have you seen them? The It's like the plastic things? Yeah. Like the, putting them on the river, like that's going to stop. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Uh, you think they, it's a waste of tax dollars? Yeah, it's it shouldn't be. Well, the federal government is supposed to be kind of doing something. Yeah. Uh, of course, not everybody agrees that we should tie up uh, like four billion on the wall, nothing like that. But now it's now it's this political chess game of like now the Texas governor, our governor, is having to tell DPS and they they having to use these other little, even though mm -hmm. even though people from both parties. Got big corporation donors, big money donors, and they like cheap labor. Yeah. So you might be charging a certain amount for something, but here comes somebody from somewhere else. It's like, hey, bro, look, you know, in Cambodia, bro, we only get about two fifty. And I love my Cambodian people. I'm just, you got to use some country as an example. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know too many countries. Um, the, but like, uh, breaking news: Chingo Bling has Chingo something Bling against Cambodians. But what it is, bro, long story short, bro, is narratives get created. You know what I'm saying? Narratives get created and opinions get assigned. And all it takes is a little 15-second TikTok for somebody to think they know, oh, man, Elm Street. They platformed this uh, white supremacist named Chingo Bling. How dare you? Elm Street. You, you might get some hate. You might get some comments. <laughs> get so just, just be ready for like, yeah, man, your show used to be dope until you started having these uh, whack jobs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Conspiracy dudes. Okay. Um, I see you in sandwich. Yeah, no, but you know, that's an unfortunate thing, bro. It's yeah. like some people ain't really tolerant. They really want to shut you up. And for the record, I've never folded back down, apologized about none of that. Um, everybody can look at it how they want. I, I got I'm fans of artists that are like hella on the left. Mm. I got family, friends, most of my friends, everybody I work with damn near, except for my fixer right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Some people got shooters. You know, you're really doing it when you got a fixer. And if you don't know what a fixer is, then I can't help you. But uh, it, people assign narratives, bro. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to all my fans that's been down with me, new fans, old fans. Uh, shout out to all my friends, that the ones that didn't switch up, the yeah. ones that weren't like, hey, man, you know, we got to. You know, I think you're, I think you're bad for minorities, bro. The way you, the yeah. way some of your ideas, yeah. you know, I think you're bad for minorities. And it's like, hey man, this fucked up economy and all this war ain't good for nobody. 
<laughs> so call me what you want. Yeah. Sorry, man. So uh, we're going to jump into the, the interview portion of the show, man. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to go down the memory lane and uh, let Chingo, you know, let him talk about, you know, his early early stages in his career, man, with uh, with the whole how the his whole music career uh, started and everything, man. So uh, from Houston, right? Yes, sir. Born and raised? Yeah, born and raised out of Houston, bro. ¿Y la familia? Uh, Tamaulipas. Tamaulipas. Already. La ciudad de tres mentiras. Ah, <laughs> y no porque es la ciudad no es hermoso. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. So, born and raised in Houston. How, how was that? What? Um, so, you 80s, right? Hey, I was born in 79. Yeah. 79? Yeah, so 80s, is, I was a little bitty kid. That's when I discovered hip-hop because I had older sisters and... So you just and then like just homies up the block they got they might have a big brother mm -hmm. so now you jamming like Public Enemy and like Boogie Down Productions and like all this crazy shit you know start to really start to dig in and at the same time I was like peeping like Eddie Murphy stand up whatever whatever year that came out mm -hmm. it I had like Eddie Murphy stand up on cassette and then I had like Beastie Boys and Public Enemy and like all this other rap shit and then as the houston rap scene started as they started playing like local stuff on the radio the mix shows back when djs had some power mm -hmm. you know what i mean the mix yeah. show djs they'd actually let them break records instead of some regional program director uh, you know who who i'm down to pay but they just you know i'm down for a little payola <laughs> i got a fixer i'm sure he can line something up yeah <laughs> but yeah man um it, it's it's been interesting like like when you when you're an artist and when you're in this in this game, you're just constantly in the moment and like planning ahead, and you're just in the present, a little bit in the future. And every once in a while, you kind of look back. And we have a whole bunch of um like these tapes from just behind the scenes. Like when I had um a fade dog on the road with me, uh, uh rest in peace, Flatline, uh DJ Eddie Deville. Mm -hmm. We had it was just different eras, right? We had Stunner Man when when he was hype man and. There was a little era we had like a fifth or a weeby with us because I think I think uh, Hurricane Katrina had just happened, so it was just like he's part of the crew now. Um, and it's been interesting, like looking back at like, like damn, remember we used to have to if you had a single, <clears throat> you used to have to press up wax. You had to have a whole bunch of those uh, cardboard mailers. Yeah, I know I sound old as fuck. Don't <laughs> hey, don't let the don't let the just for men fool you. I know y'all don't see not one gray hair. <laughs> Cause I, I my wife touched it up yesterday, so I know you don't see not one gray hair. So don't let the don't let that fool you. So you used to have to buy the the mailers and then ship out snail mail, like spend all that money on shipping. Make sure everybody gets two copies so they could chop it. This is before Serato, before like man, just email me to where the Dropbox, you know, mm -hmm. you got the we transfer. <laughs> um, so it's just crazy to see all the era of just the technology of like. Like remember these keyboards? Everybody was making beats off these keyboards, or, or the little Roland Mini Portable Studio. That's what I started with. Like all my mixtapes were just a little like dynamic mic, XLR cable, handheld, straight into the Roland, like all in one. I don't know what they used to call them. Somebody in the comments, <clears throat> it was a little all in one. It looks like the Roadcaster, uh -huh. where they use a lot for podcasts. But anyway, the Roland Studio in the box. Do you remember those? Yeah, it was yeah. like the fourteen eighty and like the eight eighty and the whatever the hell all the series. 
but I would have to, I didn't really know all the bells and whistles, but I used to have to like bounce it out into a CD burner, like export it. Yeah. Literally to a CD and you doing the mix out. So there really ain't no Pro Tools type of shit. Like if you got access to a Pro Tools studio, well, well shit, go ahead. Yeah, money. So just record stores. We went to one the other day because I had a show at House of Blues and we um, dropping off some flyers and stuff at this place called Soundwaves. But back in the day, man, they had like probably like 12, 13 locations all in the city. And they would let you preview the album. So if like Zero or somebody drops something new, UGK, you can go. Put the headset yeah, on. Yeah, you could be oh. right there. But uh, but shout out to, um, man, what's the name of the one in Oak Cliff? I think top 40? Top 10. Top, top 10. 10. Yeah. Top 10, bro. They used to ha- carry all everything. Coloring books, hot sauce, bobbleheads, like all the marketing, all the little gimmicks, bro. Like yeah. everything we had to stay in people's face. Crazy t-shirt designs and all that. But what, what let me let me ask you this. So what got you into the game as far as like what year was it? And what I guess uh catapulted you to uh pursue it? <clears throat> um, let me see. It was around it was like college time. So about 2000, 2000, 2001, it went from like Chingo Bling being like one of my alter egos. It was like the crazy hyped up version of me. So I would just be like regular DJ on uh, on the radio at uh, at the university uh, in San Antonio, but then I would just like go into the all street like man my man, my cousin Chingo's here he's gonna ask to get on him hold on I'm saying hey keep us away man fool hey, give me a chance fool it's like all right, all right well after these commercials or whatever right like we'll just use it as part of the show but mm. the phones will light up hey man when you do Chingo Bling man that's just funny and the way I came up with the name is I would do skits. I was doing a skit for Fade Dog, his album, and I did some crazy ass skit, and they're all cracking up, and I come out the booth, and I was like, "All right, when I do that, that's Chingo Bling," and they're like, "What?" I was like, "Chingo Bling, like that's that's him type of thing." Yeah, they're like Chingo Bling. They kept saying the name, like, "What the fuck is that?" They cracking up. I was like, "Yeah, yeah perfect." I was like, "That's what I want," because I just knew, man, like just me coming into the game trying to be like some type of gangster. I was like, "That shit, that ain't me." That shit ain't going to work. I was like, man, my shit just got to be fly, funny, like witty, you know, like try to, like, for example, when Eminem came out with like his Slim Shady Mm -hmm. alter ego, and when he came out talking about like, hi, kids, do you like, uh, what is it? Who do you like Primus? Want to see you stick nine inch nails in each one of my, Uh, nine inch nails in each one of my eyelids? And I was like, okay, he's already keeping my attention. The shit's colorful. He's painting the picture. I mean, Biggie has some fly ass raps where he would like change his voice and go back and forth. Uh, I'm a big fan of Redman. Um, I mean, I had all kinds of influence. And then being from Houston, I mean, we got like Louisiana, not that far. So a lot of the DJs, man, you would hear stuff on the radio. You'd hear like dance hall, like reggae type shit in the mix, even though like, damn, I didn't know we had that big of a Caribbean community. But uh, And then I went to high school in New Jersey. So I'd listen to New York radio. So you just hearing about like, Wu-Tang and the Fuji's and all that shit. So, so what catapulted you into it? Honestly, bro, I had, I had finished school and I was very interested in show business. And I had this, it, this little dream where at first the dream was, 
all right, I'm already kind of doing mixtapes. I saw DJ Clue put out an album through like Rockefeller, Def Jam. Mm -hmm. All right. If I play my cards right and I get better and I continue to network and this is that and I can start to get some kind of clientele. This is like super early, bro. I had like no clientele. It was just like a few people at the flea market and a few people on campus. <laughs> that was it. And whoever listened to the to the college radio Sunday night. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want a real job. I like this. <laughs> I like this spring break shit. Yeah. And I was like, I love spring break. I love summer. Like I like weekends, that type of shit. And if I try to go off to be some kind of freaking accountant or something, I'ma just be having to be never finishing school, more and more freaking school. I was up to my ears with school, bro. Plus, I lived in a dorm away from my family for eight years. So that was it's four years high school, four years college. So I was already like, man, I just want a spring break. And I just knew, all right, if you get in the show business, you're kind of like an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and you got some flexibility. I just wanted freedom. That's really what it was. I wanted freedom. I didn't want no boss, somebody always telling me what to do and that type of stuff. Okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's sitting there like a therapist. All right, how did that make you feel, Chingo? Was that traumatic? <laughs> so what was the name of the your your first project? Mm -hmm. I guess the first Chingo Bling, like, like mixtape demo album is uh, Duro La Pintura. And under it, is, it would say, that means hard in the paint, stupid. Um, so it was just like skits, drops from other artists, like Baby Bash, stuff like that. Yeah. And freestyles. That's really what it was. It was just some silly ass mixtape that was just a bunch of freestyles. Like, what if this little dude, you know, in his crazy lifestyle, like the cover of the artwork was like over the top. Like, what the fuck? He got horses eating money in the back. and <laughs> Yeah. Like, you got to zoom in on certain shit. Like, what does it say on the address? Like, the mailbox? Yeah. Like, just trying to be entertaining. So, then, that, I mean, is is that how you came out with the with the outfits? Yeah, the boots. I mean, cause, I mean your, your, your outfits were were, were something uh, crazy, bro. Unparalleled yeah. is, the, is the word I like to use. <laughs> I remember I used to see it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn. I was like, is he, he has to be a genius? Or retarded. Or you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't think I, I would have come out in some sh in some shorters and, well, and some botas. Well, you know what, bro? Like the first time I rocked that in public, it was like a, almost like a dare in a way. It was almost like an adrenaline rush where like, all right, I don't know what they're going to think. It was in San Antonio and I had to host. I was like, I was like about to throw up. It was like Eminem when he was like mom spaghetti. Yeah. So I was like, Man, I don't think they ready. I remember my boy Flatline, rest in peace. He was there. I, I think Fade Dog was there. Some other homies from like Tone City Records. And I was just like the college radio DJ trying to do this chingo bling thing. And they're like, you good, man? I'm like, uh, I don't think they ready for uh. Like, I was just in my head as like, bro, you look ridiculous. Like, what is this? Yeah. And um, and I didn't have no budget. So it was like hella put together. It was just like, man, boots from the second hand, this shirt from Walmart, the cowboy hat from here. And um, once I started making the custom boots and I started getting into that because I remember how like Ghostface Killer from Wu-Tang, like they even had skits on, um, I, think, I think it was the Iron Man CD 
And on the cover, he had the wallabies where they would dye them different colors. And I was like, man, that's that's like what I'm doing. But it's ostrich boots and they got gator right here and canary yellow lizard stomach on this. And they say this right here and they got the Texas and then the swoosh. And yeah. when I started really getting really getting jiggy with my boot guy, Jesse, rest in peace, but all his kids are running shop. Um, when I was really like coming up with some fly combination like i had some i still got those it says now later because it's all now later gator it's like different fucking colors and i'll never forget man um like when pitbull first saw me out there in miami i was like on the beach it was like me fade dog and uh the crew and he was like man i had seen you i was like man what the fuck this dude man this dude stands out he's like little john and this and that and i think i met him Later that weekend on that trip, like at a club, like, hey, it's Pitbull. Hey, I've been hearing about you. Hey, oh, hey, bro. Man, where the fuck you from? Like, man, I seen you was at the beach, you know? And like Bash always gave me props. Like, bro, you just so outside the box. And um, now I see a lot of people doing the bobbleheads. Now I see people doing like action figurey. I'm not the first one. I mean, you yeah. had you had like Flavor Flav, like different people with Slick Rick with the jewelry, Biz Marquee with the all that is great for hip hop. Um, you know, sometimes it happens where in the culture you see like. Oh man, this person's trying to do these kind of beats like you, Chingo. Man, they trying to do, man, they using punchlines like you. Or like, hey man, this dude said he was the first to do. And I, it never fails, bro. I just, I always just try to DM the artist, like, hey man, congrats on your success. Like, hey, salute. Because I'm trying to, shit, the, I collab with youngsters, they keep me relevant. Yeah. Like, for example, shout out to Bo Bundy, man. Me and, me and Bo did about two songs. We really should do more. And them hoes went because he has a powerful fan base and he's introducing me to all the Edgars and the Nokemakas at the truck meets. And, yeah. You know what I mean? All the, all the Silverados is bumping some chingo. Yeah. So I just like to get in where I fit in. Um, I mean, yeah, it feels good to be acknowledged when people are like, hey, man, man, I ain't going to lie, bro. If it wasn't for you, hey, man, you a big inspiration. Whatever, whatever. That all that's welcome. My ego loves that. But uh, but I I really don't be tripping, man. I guess, you know, it's really some ganas up under here. Yeah. And I just love to see where everybody's elevating the game. Everybody still kind of has their own style anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, if you inspire a little bit here and there, that's fine. Um, you take it a form of uh, flattering. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but but at the same time, I was gonna say this. Like when I was making all the custom boots and shit, and it's like, oh, this hat shit, people, okay, it does stand out. It is a cool little like walking logo, and and it's cool. I got my own lane and all that. But at the same time, I started feeling trapped in that shit. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, okay, it sound, it seemed like y'all just like the boots more than y'all like me. Or like, <laughs> you know, is it okay if I take the cowboy hat off? Or you just expect it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I started kind of fighting back. And sometimes you got to do that because- you don't want to be predictable. You don't want to be Mr. I want everybody to like me. Um, you got to be true to yourself. That's the only way you're going to be authentic. And it's going to torture you if you always trying to mold and fit in and please everybody. Mm. And and then you never evolve because it's like, man, he couldn't his motherfucker. Boy, he, pff, he don't ever take the boots off, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course he want the hat on. He want people to recognize him, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Um, but you know, like I said, it was that alone was a hard transition. I was yeah. like, man, are people ever gonna know you from outside of that? Can you ever do anything else? Yeah. 
I mean, you know? it was a genius marketing strategy, if you ask me. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Because to this day, you know what I mean? I see you and I still go back to <laughs> to the, those chingo days. Car show days. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was going to ask you something. So where did the, the whole tamal kingpin come from? So I made it part of my, you know, with my branding because my mom used to sell them. My, my mom would make them. My dad would sell them at work. Mm. And then plus at the time when I was getting in the game, I saw how all the rap posters at the time, like especially Houston, a lot of local, a lot of people that were getting distributed by Southwest Wholesale, all of them had this. It was just starting to be like, all right, y'all, we somebody got to be different because everybody's trying to be tough. Everybody's mean mugging. Everybody wants to be the most gangster. So in a way, it's like I kind of wanted to like kind of poke fun at the rap game in a way because everybody was selling dope. Like everybody had a stove on the cover. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, everybody got a Pyrex and everybody doing this shit. And it's like, okay, well, shit, I'm a really like, I want to rap some fly shit. But I'm not finna rap about crack and cocaine and all that. I was like, if anything, I think it's gangster that like immigrants like my parents and really anybody, anybody can make that a side hustle, make it a way to where you could build up from. Like there's like what what, what gets me excited is hearing those stories about like those abuelitas and those ladies in the hood that's like, bro, she's so good at her tamales, bro. Like she ain't even in the country up until Halloween. You ain't going to see her till after Halloween. <laughs> where it's like, bro, she got workers. You know how many stoves they got in that house? Like, where it's like, bro, she go on vacation. Like, how can she afford to just be in Mexico all year? Like, to me, that was winning. That was the American dream. That was gangster. That was success. And, and it's legal for yeah. the most part. And uh, it was just like that whole Breaking Bad, Gucci man. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm really going to put that on there like for example one of my favorite songs growing up was uh mr scarface by scarface where it's like mr mr scarface i'm knocking out the block and then he tells his whole fucking story about being a little kingpin yeah and then he did a song uh money and the power money so i remaked it masa and the flower and I wrote my verses mm. on the album tamale kingpin where i had a stove on that bitch <laughs> and and my life was so hectic at the time. It was my first independent album that was going to get distributed, and I got robbed. I, I got a PhD in, in the game. But anyway, <clears throat> my life was so crazy at the time. We were like studio rats. We were all in on this thing. We had a whole team, a whole crew, and it was like literally late nights in the studio and all this, and we had all these deadlines. And I remember it being like, I think, it, I don't know what the clock says at the back of the on the artwork mm. but we purposely left a little clock on there it was like the studio house it was probably like an older oven stove and and it was time to take the picture it was like let's man let's just take the picture right now so i just threw on one of like my merch shirts the, the do-rag the cowboy hat and i'm just like my my mindset was like hungry like that because it's like all right People done counting me out already. I'm just a couple mixtapes deep. People getting flustered. Man, he he blowing up too fast. Like, I'm ruffling shit. And it was a lot to kind of navigate as a youngster where you trying to figure out, like, like friend or foe all the time. You know what I mean? Like, people getting, some people getting envious, jealous, and wires getting crossed. And so I just remember taking that picture, 
in front of that old little stove and and I'm looking back in the clock literally <laughs> it's at like 4:30 in the morning there's something stupid right yeah and we're like yeah man that shit raw <laughs> and, you know um but it's cool man it's cool yeah. being in the game like this long and it's cool to be like like growing into my skin just maturing like yeah like i had more balance in my life i was just a kid i was all i was reckless bro yeah. i was reckless like i put it to you like this like the mike tyson you see now Motherfucker, Iron Mike, no socks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Black shorts, black trunks, black kids. shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know. I don't know how you know how deadly I was at the time, but but now I'm yes, my my mancito way. Like yeah. I still feel young. Where I still might have some bars for motherfuckers. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to read between the bars. But the good thing is, like, <clears throat> I do this hip hop shit. For fucking, for the love. Like, I, yeah, I make money off of it. Cool. Yeah, I'm getting a little buzz. I'm like a new artist right now. You know what I'm talking about? But at the same time, I really love this. Um, you know how people be like, I'm in a really good place. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in a good ass place with this music shit in terms of like, shit, everything's just fun. It's just moving. It's no pressure. There's no like, man, my first week sales gotta, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just when you just been doing it and it's been on the back burner, side burner. Um, but it's, it's, it's dope to still be hitting up cities, still have all these connects from back in the day, still have all these memories and all this, um, you know, the fans have been having your bag, DJs, DJs, just different people mm. in all these cities you go to, man, man, when you in Phoenix, hit your people up, man, when you in Denver, hey, pull up, where you at? And... But to do it kind of my way, like we telling jokes, we not trying to be serious. We having fun with social media, like uh, we're being true to ourselves. Like we don't, we not trying to front and we ain't haters, bro. Like yeah. we, we, I love to see all the new crop of uh, influencers and social media content creators. Cause really we were doing that stuff when before all that, like in our own way. But like, what your shirt said on it? What your piece and chain had? What your pop trunk say? You know what I mean? Everybody's trying to outdo. Hey, don't don't forget las mañosas. We had DVDs. Yeah. I mean, we just we did a lot, and it's crazy because sometimes you meet people that's like, bro, I didn't start following you till up about five years ago, or yeah. or like my dad's the one that told me about you. Yeah, like stuff like that where they like, bro, I was born in, or like for example, Bo Bundy, he's so much younger than me that like. It might have been a thing where he's probably like, bro, I was in eighth grade, you know, hearing some of that shit. So, so I was gonna ask you, uh, <laughs> your your sidekick, man. Um, whatever happened to? Uh, did, did he pass? Right, R.I.P. Cleto. Cleto. Yeah, yeah, Cleto. He passed two times, bro. Twice. <laughs> he like finesse two times. He, <laughs> we brought him back a couple times. Yeah, man. He walked after three. Um, so when did the first get up the old patch? I don't remember the years. Um, yeah, I don't remember the years, bro. But like, both were due to dogs. So you think I would have had a little bit? Di you got to move different. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So basically, man, um, when I had moved away from Edgebrook, see, this, this is a this is you know what this story is about. This is a story of where like. 
when you start to have success and now you feel like you got to have the house with the pool, you got to live out. This this is zip code you're trying to be in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're doing it now. Yeah. You know, you start to buy into all that hype. Now you can't bring your rooster with you. Can't have roosters over here, man. What you doing? It's Pearland. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Cletho got to stay with my parents off of Edgebrook. And um, roosters are smart, bro. Like he would come tap the glass, the um, the back door that's in front of the door. And he'd come tap like, hey, man, my shed ain't open. Like my dad be back there watching TV. He'd go, tat, tat, tat. You don't see my shed closed. You got to open up the shed because it's night and I'm going to go up in there and get up top. But yeah, man, um, them little neighborhood dogs. And there was a couple of times my mom rushed them. It was like a scene out of Boys in the Hood. She rushed them to the the vet. Like, man, we don't even do poultry. Like, we don't do uh, birds and shit, but we'll see what we can do. And um, so then, like I said, man, he had a couple, like nine lives. But the kids, look, man, all the kids in the neighborhood love Coletto. He'd be at the car shows. It's like he knew. Like, we'd bring him into the car shows, which is probably not the best environment for a rooster because you got, like, everybody got a sound system. Yeah. And he'd be there in the Monte Carlo with the pop trunk, and he'd be there chilling, taking pictures. And my mom would pick him up. She'd be like, yeah. Coco, beware. <laughs> and <laughs> they wanted pictures, yeah. They wanted pictures of my mom with the rooster. Oh, and then we did a song, Walk Like Coletto. Yeah. And uh we did a video, shout out um <clears throat> Fifth War Weeby, rest in peace. And um we went to Miami, did some like TV thing yeah. and and we had the backup dancers and they did the walk like Cleto dance and yeah. I'd perform that song sometimes out on the road. So it's been fun, man. Man, it was crazy because uh not too long ago I see that uh that Mexican OT uh video clip and I was that that's exactly what it reminded me of. I was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? You know, came out with the hat, the chores, the boots, the rooster. Yeah. I was like, damn. Wreck that whole Louis Vuitton, them, brother, when I walk in the gang in the kitchen, in the whip, in the couch, she and like, can't. Yeah, man, doing it. Uh, and I oh, like man. the whole luchador thing. Yeah, I love yeah. what he's doing with all the storytelling. Uh, he just dropped a song today that he showed us in the studio, uh, Brianon. Uh, he's singing on there. Uh, we got a song. Maybe y'all watch. Uh, uh, maybe perhaps we shall see if it's gonna come out. Okay, but we on the same track. Shout out to Gold Soul out of uh, Corpus Christi. It's it's his song with me and Ot on it. Yeah. we just waiting to see. Hey, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Everybody was tagging me like, uh, man, this page don't know about Chingo Bling. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like, hey, man, shout out to Ot. That's the homie. Like, yeah. Don't let that algorithm be stirring shit up. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, man. Um, a couple um, big memories that I got is um, those two those two projects that, that came out, and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, nah, this this dude done made it. Was the, um, that one project, that one record, uh, Mas Maiz and The Grills. And we can <laughs> let us know how those two projects come about. For sure. So reggaeton started popping. It started making it out of Puerto Rico. And they had this big gathering called Mix Show Power Summit back then. Mm-hmm. So like I was there, uh, Boosie, Webby, Sean Paul, uh, Pitbull, uh, Nori, Daddy Yankee. Like it was a lot of people in Puerto Rico. I don't know who planned for it to be in Puerto Rico. Um, that's when Kanye asked me for a photo because that's how iconic my drip was back then. 
But uh, like Kanye, Kanye raps about that trip. He's like Puerto Rico, three days, Polly with the DJs. Now my shit on replay. He's basically saying we was in Puerto Rico, Busta Rhymes, all these people. I kind of snuck in because they put me down like as a DJ, like oh my boy that worked at the station. He's like, man, you going? You know yeah. what I mean? That's gonna be in my movie when they do my La Bamba of me. But uh, <laughs> uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg, yeah. whoever want to produce it, let me know. We set out of court right now. I'm in Arlington. Uh, Mark Cuban, holla at your boy. So, so Puerto Rico, uh, Mas Maiz, I'm getting the long version. So Nori must have heard this reggaeton phenomenon because we were like, who is this daddy Yankee motherfucker? And what the fuck is gasolina? Because we seeing this shit on the commercial, in the, in the resort, you turn on the TV, se va a presentar este viernes, you know, y el sábado, y domingo, daddy Yankee. And you see a, the commercial cuts to the video. Oh, he got chicks in the background, <clears throat> props. And yeah. I'm like, yo. This shit got a budget. What the fuck is this? It reminded me of um, El General yeah, yeah. out of Panama back in the day. So Nori hits me up and he was like, yo, Chingo, you know, you a movie, right? You got your whole style. You like, you a movie. And I got this song. It's called, it's, it's called More Corn in Spanish. And I'm like, Nori. <laughs> All right. I remember you from. From back in the day, man, uh, CNN, Capone, Noriega. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck, more corn. <laughs> and then his boy that was like a producer or something, Puerto Rico, he's like, hey, my ease is it's like playing on words. And I'm like, I'm not sure I get it, but okay, whatever, man. Send me the fucking track. I knocked it out at digital services in between other little deadlines. And next thing you know, man, the song got Little Rob on it, uh, Nina Sky, Nori, Fat Joe. Pitbull was supposed to be on it, but where he recorded at, the files came out fucked up and they should have waited on my boy or they should have figured out how to fix it. But shout out to Nori for letting me participate in the publishing uh, of that song. Thank you, Nori. And, um, but it was cool because we got to perform yeah. it in like a fucking arena in like New Jersey or some shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. And, oh, and that's the same verse. I had just did that verse. So when they did the first Pepsi Mike Pass in Houston, um, that was the verse I had in my head. They're like, hey, you just got to do eight bars. I'm like, okay, only eight bars I know is this. And it went to the beat. And then that shit, that Houston Mike pass went stupid. Like, we didn't know what that thing was going to do. We were on Jay Prince's ranch for yeah. the source. I'm just doing Buku name dropping, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Just something like, you know what I'm talking about? We was over there at, the, uh, you know, the Prince <laughs> Prince family estate. Yeah, yeah, you know, Yahoo was there. Uh, source, you know, the little Source magazine shoot, you know. Everybody, yeah. you know, Pimp, you know, Pimp C rolled up. Yeah, we was all there. <clears throat> and, um, but yeah, man, that was like, I can't believe I'm included in this shit. Yeah. And then the other song you asked me about was Grills. So basically, bro, shout out to my homies, uh, Big Scythe, Eric Deluxe. They're DJs out of LA. When they were super young coming up, they were on the street team at Power 106 LA. Mm -hmm. They started from the street team. To be in some of the coldest mix show. They they got little John in the studio. They drinking tequila. Like it's because of them. They they got a lot of rules now at Power 106. They had Pitbull. I mean, these were like our homie homies. Like we'd be at the club. That's when I first seen Kim Kardashian because these fools would DJ at Hollywood shit. And it's like, who the fuck? Nick Lachey just walk in. Who the, is that? She Latina? Like, oh man, that's OJ's lawyer's daughter, Dayton Ray J. And we're like, okay, I don't know who the fuck OJ Lawyer's daughter is. But uh, she looked different back then. That's before she started doing all the stuff. So those DJs, Eric Deluxe and Big Scythe, 
I was doing freestyles for them. They were playing my drops, you know, sas, you know, por favor, believe it. Just all my little sauce. Yeah. I started getting paid by the radio station. They was like, bro, we got to pay you for all this drip. You know what I mean? It's way too much sauce because mm. all that sauce, it was like, it's a Cali Caliente weekend. You know, win a, yeah, win a PS5 and sauce, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And so anyway, they had me jumping on different beats. Hey, man, you ready for another freestyle? Come on, bro. I'm trying to get out there. And um, they're like, hey, Nelly just did a song with Paul Wall. It's, it's called Grills. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, yo, Paul doing it. He got a song with Nelly. They sent me the beat. I think I recorded myself. Nobody was around to record me. I just wrote it. I just wanted to have some some bars and some punchlines and just kind of snap for anybody who was in L.A. traffic and these DJs happened to be on. Well, I was kind of getting blackballed at the time because a couple of program directors, I, I, I burned a lot of bridges back then. Like I was just a little hothead, knucklehead. It was like, bitch, how the fuck you going to tell me I can't be on the other station? Matter of fact, you know, yeah. <laughs> I could have swore I'm not on your payroll. I'm hungry independent. Y'all don't even play me nowhere. How the hell are you going to tell me I can't go on the other station? You know, so it was just I wasn't getting played nowhere. Well, when this remix came out, Freestyle, dude, that shit popped off so hard to where like Albuquerque's playing it. Phoenix playing your version. LA starts playing your version. Now. Nelly getting 112 spins a week off the song in LA, but they're playing my version. So I'm getting 112 spins, whatever that number yeah, was, yeah. but they're like, yo, BDS, <clears throat> the radio, bro. Like, this is a hot, this is called the Smash record. They're playing it every hour on an hour, and they're playing your version. I'm like, oh, fuck, what do I do with this information? <laughs> 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 How do I navigate this? Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. And, um, so even the even the radio stations, the program directors that were hating on me, they had to play. Otherwise, it'd have been too obvious you hating, bro. Yeah. And there you have it. There you go. Just, here we are. Man, it took off. Standard comedian, forty three, just for men. <laughs> out here. So I mean, I I could see how the transition from from the your rap to the comedy, how you was able to make the transition but what made you be like hey this is this is my my rebirth this is what i'm oh man i had always wanted to do stand-up i had tried it early on uh it was you could say it was like really my first major dream because i had seen eddie murphy hopping out of helicopters and shit and i'm like yo this dude's a fucking rock star yeah. but the music shit started I, literally let me tell you this um i'm gonna make it quick because uh, we gotta go get ready for the shows. yeah so um when I was done in San Antonio and my lease was up and I was like, okay, Houston's intimidating, but that's home. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a buzz there. But I started getting some feedback. Like, yeah, somebody took one of your tapes over there, man. People at his school, my sibling, man, they listening or whatever. People telling me. So I made the move back to Houston. I uh, went to meet a Juan Villarreal, comedian out of Houston, who had I had already seen him on Comic View and all this. I was like, hey, man. I'm from San Antonio. Well, I, I live in San Antonio, but I'm moving back home. I want to get in the game. Can you show me the ropes? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll break it down for you. So I was already scheduled to kind of start being like almost like an intern, mm -hmm. like reaching out to comics. I want to do this. Now my music shit starts kind of getting some traction. So I was like, man, fuck comedy. And I left that alone. I'll put that dream aside. So once, once I kind of started 
pursuing, like being a part of shows and just giving it a shot. And they actually put my name on the flyer. And I'm like, man, I don't know what people expect. I don't even know how to do this. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to talk about. And, um, but once I kind of started getting the hang of it and started getting that good feedback of like, Hey man, you got better than the last time. Or like, Hey man, people actually kind of laugh more, you know, whatever. Uh, or like I was surprised you're actually pretty good or, or keep it up. Like whatever the hell that people say. That's when I was like, oh man, this is about to be such a blessing, bro. Because like, I appreciate stand up. Like, you know how people be like, man, hip hop saved my life. I'm like, man, stand up. <laughs> people be like, man, jujitsu saved my life. No, stand up, literally. <laughs> Anytime you get into something, man, people say like CrossFit saved my life. You know, yeah. I wasn't shit before. Something you gotta be careful because sometimes that should have become your religion. But um, man, once I felt like yo, I could still have spring break, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I still ain't gotta go just have a regular job. Like, hey man, did you used to rap? And uh, because I had got so burnt out on the rap game, bro. Like, and it's a young man sport for you know for the most part. Yeah. That's how a lot of people perceive it. It's kind of hard to like <laughs> stay stay classic, stay with the times, and. And still have that nostalgia. Um, so once I started kind of seeing like, hey, man, comedians, bro, like, man, they kind of like rock stars. And they be, they be, you know what I mean, cool and shit and still making moves. And and I just like the idea of like, bro, I can go to a market. And instead of dealing with like some promoter and they letting the opening acts pay to open up. And the fans are like, man, when you going to come on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or why is there a fight right now? You know what I mean? Why one of the rappers jumped off the stage? Oh, he had beef. It was another click. I was getting so burnt out on that janky stuff to where one stand-up came along. I was like, man, I can go to a city and do fives. If I'm hot in that market, I can do multiple shows, multiple days. And once the improv saw, like, I was moving tickets, they're like, hey, man, where the hell where the hell you been? And that's when I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So I just, I really appreciate like this Chingo 2.0, like the stand-up being, the game's been good to me. The fans, man, like just be able to go up there, control the crowd, no beat, no hype, man, no dancers. Like I got to keep this party rocking and I ain't got shit but a microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but that's that's dope, man, how you was able to make that transition, man. And now you're you having uh some new success with the comedy, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I mean, I, I heard you on the track the other day too, so a new track too. So I'm like, man, he's still doing it, you know, still doing the music, still doing the comedy. What's next, man? I mean, that's really one of my goals. I mean, I mean, we want to do a lot of stuff. Um, my wife, she's like a hustler too, man. That's why we click up because, you know, we got all type of just ideas and stuff. But, you know, like I was saying earlier, I mean, I want to just do, you know, appearances, features, like just, like I just did a song with uh, Rose out of Oklahoma City. Man, that's just doing numbers, you know, cool music video, nice beat, nice track. I'm like, oh man, it's all day. Like you, yeah. you setting me up, we setting each other up for success, the video, the visual, it's content, you know. And then these little youngsters could be like, who the fuck, who's uncle? <laughs> somebody Theo kind of wreck you know what I mean yeah that's all I want to do man like man I just want to see some fly shit motherfuckers want to rewind because when I was a fan of like all these posters you have on your wall it's like it's about props it's about bars it's about snapping like yeah 
especially like screwed up click freestyle you know all the texas artists like you want to just pimp the pen yeah but hell yeah man hey that's my publishing company pimping plumas pimping plumas <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to name. It's like, man, if I'm gonna get paid, like, Lord, please multiply this money. Let me be a good steward. Look out for your boy. I'm gonna name it. Yeah, pimping the pen in Spanish. <laughs> in your name, we pray. Yeah, man, I be tripping out on all your stuff you come out with, man. Your 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 skits, your little reels, man. That's just hilarious, man. El, el mamao, el todo. el cinnamon, todo. It's a big cinnamon. Yeah, so, big cinnamon. so I, I had heard a rumor that. Uh, that he, he he don't like the your, your little skits. It, we started that rumor. That's the fucked oh, part. We because <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we what it is, man. Shout out my boy Compound Films. He edited footage of Canelo getting mad at another boxer, uh, talking smack about Canelo. He's like, "Ah, este güey habla mucho," or like he he saw talk, or I don't like it when he say or whatever the fuck. Him and his training camp, and they were yeah. getting mad. They were like passing around the iPad like pinche Floyd. I think it was really about Floyd. Yeah, but my boy edited in my skits, so it's cutting across and video lies. Video can lie to you. You don't see the what's got cut out. You don't see the other angle, and boom, narrative assigned. I should have known, like, bro, people are gonna really believe this shit. But we're like, fuck it. Yeah. What's what? Fuck it. We we trying to stay in people's mouths, man. Let them hang, bro. We trying to we trying to trick the algorithm. Yeah, I'm a little bit shadow banned, man. I see. You still got the marketing strategies. You no, know, because my boy Juan Perez, you know, he, sometimes he be getting way more views than me, and I'm like, ain't no way. My shit way more John Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no fucking way. Yeah. That's how I knew the algorithm. <laughs> Appreciate you coming through, man. You know, this is my way of giving you your flowers, man. Thank you, dog. You know, you've been in the game for a minute. And and all y'all that don't know, man, shit, y'all need to brush up on y'all's Texas history, man. You know, because, you know, when they say, you know, that legends word keeps, you know, gets, kicks around real, real loosely around here, man. But, you know. Text legend right here, man. Thank you, dog. You know what I mean? You know, been doing this thing for a minute, still doing this thing. You know, and it, it doesn't look like you're slowing down anytime soon, man. You know, so. Hey, you know, I pretty soon I'm going to have three stripes on my white belt. And um, for you know it, man, you know, four stripes. Changed my life. You know what I'm saying? Jiu-jitsu saved my life. Stand-up saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> man but yeah man i appreciate you man it's an honor having you here today man you, you know um when you hit me up i was like i was like i had to look at my phone twice like hold on what like this whole ass motherfucker <laughs> fine he been dodging me for yeah. a minute man i know he seen my comment <laughs> i know he see the thousand now even messages. my wife this morning we went live on cafecito time and yeah. I, I promise this is the last story because uh, some of our comedians they need to check in to the hotel uh, my wife this morning was like, oh, she's like, she's like, Elm Street. She's like, man, they've been so patient. She was like, man, shout out to Elm Street, man. They've been wanting to get it done. She's like, please tell them we're sorry. You know, I was like, nah, we connected. We good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nah, but I appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate it a lot, man. Thanks for, for coming through, taking your time out of your busy schedule to to pop up, make an appearance, man. So appreciate it, man. And, um, but yeah, um, thanks again, man. And, um. Uh, Wish you the best, man. All the success you're having, man. And, you know, continue on, bro. 
And uh, my platform is always here, open. Whenever you need it, it's here, bro. Appreciate you. You know what I mean? You don't even have to call. You just walk in, be like, hey, move over. Uh, It's my turn. Sass. Nice stuff. Hell yeah, man. So, like I said, man, I appreciate it, man. So, I hope y'all enjoyed it, man. And um, like I tell you, man, keep your ears to the streets and I'll catch you on the blog, man. It's your boy Money Ells, man. Peace.